Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Ryan Boll. Today, I'm speaking to Adriano Bossoni, Stratfor's Senior European Analyst, about the economic impact of the coronavirus in Italy and Europe as a whole. Thanks for being here, Adriano. Thank you, Ryan. Adriano, Italy is struggling with this, of course, and with so many cases impacting the country. Uh, how will the, the coronavirus impact the rest of Europe? Well, the main uh, impact will be felt in Italy, and in particular because um, the, the core, the epicenter of the outbreak is in the industrial north. Factories are being shut down temporarily. Others are operating with a reduced number of workers. Of course, this also creates um, concerns for other sectors like tourism. We know that Italy is a very important um, tourism destination. The stock exchange has reacted negatively. But as you said, the impact will also be felt in other parts of the continent. We have to keep in mind that Italy is part of the supply chain of other countries like Austria, Germany, that rely on uh, industrial supplies from Italy. And of course, the more cases we see, um, and we are seeing already cases in Spain, in France, in Germany, um, it, it could also impact domestic consumption as uh, it could uh, lead to lower activity in bars, restaurants, shopping malls, the tourism sector, um, supermarkets, and so on and so forth. So um, the main impact will be felt in Italy, but of course there, there is also the chance of, of similar um, impacts in, in other parts of the continent. So maybe we could contrast this with the, the Chinese response. Obviously, China is an authoritarian state. It's able to bring down some some hardcore uh, lockdowns to try to control this. And that, and that has an economic impact. Uh, Europe being more uh, being a democratic continent for the most part, uh, doesn't exactly have those same hard edge security measures that it can take. Um, so what could we expect from the Europeans to respond to attempt to control this spread? And, and how might that, um, you know, Know, affect some of the supply chains that we're seeing? I, I do not think that there will be a single coherent reaction from the European Union. We have seen the European Commission announcing a package of uh, 232 million euros, but it was mostly in, in measures to help the World Health Organization and to increase cooperation between member states. But we, I do not think that there will be, for instance, a stimulus package to deal with the economic repercussions. If anything, we will see individual countries doing individual things. But of course, there's an interesting um, dichotomy in Europe because the countries that would like to spend more, like those in Southern Europe, are, are heavily limited. And those that have room to spend more to boost the economic activity are in Northern Europe, but they are, for the most part, ideologically against. Uh, stimulus packages. Then we could also see increasing pressure on the passport-free Schengen area. We have already seen nationalist parties in places like Italy and France demanding border closures to prevent cross-border contagion. The European Commission will try to resist this as much as they can because, of course, Schengen is uh, a foundational part of, of the European project. But we will see pressure coming mostly from the opposition for, for countries to introduce border controls. 
which of course would have, if it happens, it would have a negative impact on the economy of the Schengen countries because it would uh, slow down the transportation of products, the movement of workers and tourists across borders, uh, while at the same time it's not a given that it would reduce contagion. We have seen countries suspending flights to China and still getting um, people sick. So it's not a given that um, shutting down the Schengen area would actually solve anything. And do you see any sort of political ramifications from some of the, for example, the Italian government and its response? Do you think there could be any consequences for them politically for how they've handled this? Well, the Italian uh, government is in an interesting situation because their immediate reaction to the coronavirus crisis was to put a dozen cities under lockdown to implement um, very urgent measures. They suspended all, all flights to and from China. They uh, increased tests and controls, and, 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 and they really generated this idea of, of a very, very dramatic and very fast reaction, which I guess it's okay because when you're dealing with, with, with something like this, you have to act fast and you want to be seen as, as doing everything you can to contain the, the spread of the virus. But now the Italian government is kind of having second thoughts in the sense that they are worried that Italy is sending the message to the rest of the world that the situation is really bad, which would hurt tourism, which would hurt um, um, travel for, for business and for other things. We have seen the Italians already suspending um, international fairs, suspending activities in public spaces. So they, they reacted very fast because they felt that they had to do it. But now they are worried about the image that that is sending to, to the rest of the, of the continent. And we have seen the Italian government criticizing countries uh, issuing travel warnings uh, against uh, going to Italy. And of course, the domestic opposition, as I said, especially the, the, the nationalist opposition, will accuse the Italian government, will accuse the European Union of not doing enough, and they will demand the closure of the borders and other kinds of nationalist measures that are in line with their political agendas. And of course, the coronavirus isn't the only economic challenge uh, Europe is facing. Uh, the trade talks between the European Union and the UK, as the UK carries out its Brexit process, begin on March 2nd. Um, what should we expect from that process? As you said, there's a lot of things that will contribute to um, a slowing down of econ growth in, in, in the Eurozone next year. One of, the, one of the things, of course, is the Brexit negotiations. There's a lot of obstacles. The European Union is demanding the UK remain aligned with the single market uh, rules and regulations. The UK is saying that they will not do it. Countries in Northern Europe are demanding to preserve their access to British fishing waters. The UK, for its part, is demanding a permanent deal covering the financial services sector. So there's a lot of obstacles to a deal. It seems to me that we will probably not have a single comprehensive free trade agreement by the end of the year that covers every single aspect of the bilateral economic relationship. It seems to me that we will probably have a more limited, a more modest agreement pretty much covering uh, manufacturers and, 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 and goods and, and a limited number of services. And I think that London and Brussels will probably introduce temporary um, agreements to kind of kick the can down the road and, and buy themselves more time to negotiate on the issues that are not covered in the main agreement. And on top of, of course, the, the EU and UK uh, negotiations, uh, what other economic challenges is the EU facing this year? 
Yeah, the EU is also um, facing a complicated year in trade negotiations with the United States. Um, Brussels and the White House have started negotiations over a trade agreement, but the U.S. is pushing really hard to include agriculture, um, which many countries in Europe with large um, farming sectors like France and Ireland are against. The U.S. is also threatening to introduce higher tariffs on uh, European cars, which would damage Germany, which is the, the European Union's main producer of cars, but also all those countries in Central and Eastern Europe that are part of Germany's supply chain. The U.S. is also threatening to introduce um, punitive measures against countries like France, Spain, the U.K., Italy, which have um, introduced uh, attacks against um, digital companies, most of which are Americans. So there's a lot of areas of frictions between the U.S. and the, and the EU, and there's a lot of things that could lead to higher American tariffs on European products that would damage European exports. All right. It was great to talk to you, Adriano. Great talking with you as well, Ryan. All right. Well, if you would like to read more of Adriano's analysis on this topic or European topics in general, visit stratford.com slash subscribe. I'm Ryan Bull. Thank you for listening.